Good morning. This is the Sustainability Sessions, and I am your host, Rebecca Sayre, coming uh, to you from the comfort of my kitchen table. And my guest today is Tom Gannon from Seattle Public Utilities Rainwise Program, who's uh, going to be sharing with us uh, some really, uh, I find, fascinating, relatively easy things that uh, we can all do in our homes to uh, basically reduce pollution that enters into Puget Sound and beautify, beautify our yards and our landscapes. And hey, Tom, how's it going? Good. How are you, Rebecca? I'm great. And uh, for those of you out in Radio Land, um, you are not catching the fabulous backdrop that Tom has on his Zoom window. He's uh, coming at us from a uh, lovely secluded beach, I believe, in Mexico, <laughs> which is very nice to look at. Um, well, I'm so glad you were able to join us today. My the, pleasure. Uh, yeah, the timing of this is great because uh, the uh, Seattle Public Utilities has a uh, really robust and uh, relatively unique, but uh, modeled at various levels throughout the Puget Sound region program to provide incentives and rebates for people to invest in green infrastructure in their home. Uh, and so that means things like rain gardens, which are basically, I'll let Tom describe it in more detail, but a, um, a kind of a concave garden that uh, is able to capture the uh, stormwater runoff, the uh, rainwater runoff from your roof, uh, which normally that would go directly uh, into a storm drain and into Puget Sound. And the number one polluter of Puget Sound folks is not like one big pipe or one big thing. It's all the little, uh, it's the hardened surfaces, our roads, our rooftops, and, and all of those things that uh, now cover this region that used to be forest. And uh, rain gardens and then cisterns and rain barrels and things like that can actually be utilized to uh, be more efficient with that water, but also clean that water. And uh, my understanding is that um, it's, it's a good timing because there's a number of rebates and, and resources that are sort of uh, fl freshly available. And also this program has been working hard to make sure that their training and, and outreach tools are, are uh, gonna be available online. Um, so Tom, can you tell us a little bit about the program? And then also, I guess I'd like to, you know, tell us a, a little bit more in explaining what these resources are for the people out there who don't know what they are, and then give a little bit of historical context uh, of why we have such programs. Sure. Um, well, what the what Rainwise program is, is a, a rebate program. And what it does is it rebates the um, retrofitting of green stormwater infrastructure onto private property. And it's designed to help alleviate the problem of combined sewer overflows. Um, GSI, Green Stormwater Infrastructure, is a kind of multi-purpose infrastructure as opposed to single-purpose infrastructure. Um, and what it's designed to do is try to mimic natural drainage systems. 
so that instead of water running off of impermeable surfaces like roofs, it then is channeled instead of into a sewer pipe, um, it's channeled into a rain garden where it can percolate slowly into um, the soil and never enter our system. Or it enters into a uh, cistern, a large water tank, like a, a really big water barrel, essentially. And then it's released slowly into the system so that the system isn't overwhelmed, and we result, which results in a combined sewer overflow. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that we're really trying to address, because when our combined system areas overflow, we're essentially overflowing sewage directly into the adjacent waterways. And that includes Puget Sound, uh, Lake Washington, Lake Union, and some other water bodies. So does this mean, Tom, uh, so when we have a big rain event mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and more frequently in our area, we'll, there'll be announcements of, you know, this, this water is contaminated. Um, more frequently in some areas, less frequently in others, thanks to programs like yours. Mm -hmm. But I just, can you paint a picture of what, you know, what, what mm -hmm. people might be seeing when, the, when that would help them realize that one of these events is happening? Sure. Um, you'll, you may see things like um, signs posted at Lake Washington or in Puget Sound and public beach areas saying no swimming allowed. Uh, the water is um, um, uh, not safe for, for people. Mm -hmm. um, right now. Um, fortunately, most of our rain events, our major rain events happen during times when people aren't going to be swimming um, very much. Um, but um, nonetheless, um, uh, you may be able to um, tell from the King County website. Uh, King County manages a website and you can go check it out that tracks all our combined sewer overflows, including ones for um, the city of Seattle. Um, and we share the infrastructure, King County and the city of Seattle. And you can check on that website and see exactly where the overflows are occurring. Um, okay. So, yeah, there's a few ways to tell. And um, this is a little out of order of what I originally said, but the little historical context. Um, yeah. and, and, I mean, and I'll say real quick, I mean, basically we have these systems that were designed like over 100 years ago. Yeah. And whole bunch more people here, older yeah. infrastructure, kind of how did we get to where we are right now? Why, why, sure. why is this a thing? So broadly, there's two ways of managing stormwater in Seattle with the um, infrastructure that we have. One is through combined systems and the others with separated systems. Each have their own benefits and liabilities. In a combined system, all the water from people's sinks, tubs, toilets, the road, your roof, everything goes into a single pipe. And that pipe is sent to a water treatment facility and all of that water is treated and then released uh, back into Puget Sound in this case. And that's the uh, treatment facility over at the uh, West Point. Mm -hmm. and, um, Which and, have, and, have been in the news as overflowing the last couple of years. Yeah, that was quite an unusual situation with a mega tide and a large rain coming in too. And um, so, yeah, yeah, but uh, hopefully they have it repaired now. So it's working. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's a King County facility, um, but you're right, it can get overwhelmed. And when, we, when it does get overwhelmed, the system is designed to overflow directly into an adjacent waterway. And in, in this case, usually Puget Sound and Lake Washington. Um, 
it's designed to do that so that the sewage doesn't back up into your house. Uh, that's the only other place it would go. Um, so, and that's, and that's not okay. The other system that we have is a separated system. And a separated system isn't a problem for combined sewer overflows, but in a separated system, all of the water from people's um, roofs, from the roads, including all the oils, all the stuff from tires, all of that goes directly into a separate pipe that then goes directly into Lake Washington and Puget Sound. So that's not a perfect system either. Um, there's trade-offs in, in both um, uh, respects. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the city has combined sewers and some has separated. Rainwise is only available in those parts of the cities that experience combined sewer overflows. So it's not available citywide. Um, the reason why we're able to offer the program is that we did a business case and it showed that being able to encourage people to put in this retrofitting of green stormwater infrastructure onto their private property does save our ratepayers a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so there's a quid pro quo that's demonstrable and pretty significant. And so we, that's how we can spend public money on private property. And it's unique. Um, there's only one other, there's a couple of other programs in the city that are similar, but nothing really quite as robust as what uh, Rainwise offers. Cool. Um, yeah, and then right now, obviously, um, you know, people are at home more. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of reports, I, myself included, I do like to garden. I actually do have a rain garden that we put in last fall, and I'm so excited. Uh, nice. I, I've been known to, to film it and share it with my friends when the water fills up, and then it, um, you know. Great, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. And- rain gardens are pretty amazing. We're really, yeah. really pro rain garden. We love our cisterns. <laughs> But the rain garden is state of the art. And the ones that we do aren't your, your average rain garden. Ours are have to uh, conform to very specific engineering standards as well as landscape standards. Um, you do have an immense amount of latitude as far as what kind of plants you can put into your um, rain garden. And mm-hmm. certainly a lot of people want to be able to garden for aesthetics. They want to garden for butterflies. They want something for birds. And that's all great. We do have some guidelines for our contractors to follow as to what kind of plants are appropriate where, but you can work with your independent contractor to figure out what works best for you. But the structure of the rain garden itself is really really well engineered. It's designed to handle all the water with very little chance of overflow. Um, um, and even if it does overflow, it's designed and engineered so that it overflows someplace where it won't impact other people or your own property. Right. So we got this thing figured out pretty good. Yeah. No, I mean, just my, my little personal example, I was able to work with, uh, you know, went to the contractor list yep. and was able to work with a guy who literally lives, you know, five minutes from my house, which was very, very easy. <laughs> yeah. And it was really, you know, an enjoyable process. Um, we, you know, we were able to put in a, a mix of ornamental plants and a lot of native plants, because that's something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're able to actually design it in such a way so that the overflow, which is now this really clean water, flows towards a, a vegetable garden. Nice. So so it's it really kind of, 
you know, makes it a more of a closed loop system. And I just, I'm just thrilled about it. And uh, it's the rain garden is really easy to maintain too, which is nice. Um, a lot of folks are gardening these days. Um, and this is the time of year that people are often just sort of their mind turns to gardening. I know that obviously times are, times are unusual. Usually you have mm -hmm. a lot of going out to the community, talking to people, doing workshops and classes. But can you tell us a little bit about kind of what, there's some timing aspects right now in terms of resources available, in terms of money, but also in terms of classes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, we do have uh, webinars that we schedule periodically. We, we used to do workshops, um, uh, live workshops for folks. Um, but, but those days are, are gone for now. So we're doing a lot of webinars. I'll do them again someday. <laughs> someday, we hope. Um, but the webinars are pretty convenient for people. Um, so what we would do is uh, we would advertise the webinar. We send out postcards. You can check out the schedule uh, on our website, and that's uh, rainwise.seattle.gov. Um, that'll redirect you to the other website, which is 700milliongallons.org. So it's just uh, 700, 700 million mm -hmm. spelled out, um, yeah, um, gallons.org. And um, check out the schedule for upcoming workshops um, uh, or for uh, webinars. And there you can kind of find out a little bit about you know, what the problem is um, that we're trying to address, um, what rain gardens are, what cisterns are, and how you can qualify for a rebate. You can also check your eligibility for a rebate at rainwise.seattle.gov. Uh, and you can just enter your address into the eligibility box and it'll let you know if you qualify for a rain garden or for a cistern or for both. And some folks do qualify for both, but some only qualify for a cistern. And that could be because you have a slope or you're in a critical area or there's other things that um, prevent us from being able to rebate a rain garden. And then you're you're looking at a cistern. Yeah, but still, those those are great. Um, I actually have one of those as well. And uh, oh, nice. we, just, we just, I'm kind of a dork. Um, <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just got we just got what it figured figured out ourselves. But uh, yeah, that's top of the line. When you have a cistern to a rain garden, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> really, really nice. Yeah. And. Um, just says our listenership is not just Seattle, um, um, it is streaming, so it's actually you know international, but yeah. there are programs, and I know that you work with uh, a few entities that throughout uh, throughout throu Puget Sound, can you mention uh, King County, Puget Sound, some of those connections so that sure. people who are- So yeah, our, our drainage infrastructure is essentially split between um, infrastructure that's owned by Seattle Public Utilities and infrastructure that's owned by King County. Um, this was part of a deal that was set up when Metro was created in the 1950s. Um, and so they kind of divvied up the infrastructure to see who was gonna be responsible. So we partnered with King County on offering these rebates. But they're only, but RainWise is only offered in the city of Seattle. Nonetheless, there are other incentive programs throughout the region and probably the best place to find out where to get information about those outside of Seattle is through Stewardship Partners. And they're at stewardshippartners.org, um, great organization. And they have a lot of information as to what other jurisdictions are offering as well. Mm -hmm. um, now, just because RainWise is only available to certain people in CSO basins, 
um, that doesn't mean that um, you're out of luck if you're not in a CSO basin. And real quick, um, just because oh, yeah. Tom, since we're on radio and people tune in, tune out, a CSO basin is a combined sewer overflow. A combined sewer overflow. That's right. I, I'm sorry. We get, we get really okay. jargony around uh, here. So, <laughs> so if you're in a combined sewer overflow, if you, if you are, you, you might qualify for a rebate. If you're not, you can try going to Stewardship Partners and looking up what grants they have available. There's a mm -hmm. grant cycle, and they do make grants available for rain gardens and cisterns and other kinds of GSI uh, and non-combined um, sewer overflow areas. And that's green stormwater infrastructure. That's green stormwater, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's my understanding that, that Stewardship Partners actually has got a, a um, they've got their main website, but they've also got a program that is called 12,000 Rain Gardens. And that's, yes. you go to that yep. website, which is really where all those resources and tools are located. And that's the number 12,000raingardens.org. Yep. Um, and my understanding is that program, it's 12,000. Their goal when they first set up the program, I don't know, like 10 years ago, was to get, you know, a thousand rain gardens in every county that touches Puget Sound. And they're still chipping away at that. Yep. And, um, isn't there some money through King County that just became available? Yeah, I believe the budget cycle just started. I don't know where they're at with it when, as far as taking the applications, but it was refunded by King County just recently. So cool. um, okay. it might be a really, really good time to get uh, get on there. If, if they do run out of funding, what they'll do is probably start a waiting list until they could get uh, funded again. I think my understanding is that there, um, you know, there is a waiting list from last year. Was, um, I was, I, I did actually speak uh, with uh, Joe Sullivan, who's the woman who runs that uh, program yeah. a little while ago, and she was just, she was very excited about the enthusiasm that was being shown by people all over the county who really wanted those funds. And mm -hmm. my understanding would, would, of what's nice about those funds is they are a little more widely applied mm -hmm. i mean obviously more widely applied as king county but um like you don't have to be in an active rainwise basin necessarily to get some of that money which is which would reduce your cost for rain garden um and and, and i want to dig into this a little bit further um just just kind of about how this stuff works and we're going to go to commercial in a few minutes but when we come back i just want you to um think about um i want to talk a little bit about just how much a rain garden costs so just get people get their minds around it it's it's not it's really not that much money mm -hmm. but it's but but for a homeowner who's paying the rent and paying the bills i mean it, it is it's you know so it's an investment but it's not that huge and with some yeah, of these yeah. we rebate most of it, if not all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be glad to talk about that. Um, our maximum rebate amount right now is $4 per square foot of roof space mm -hmm. that you divert to the rain garden. So to make it simple, if you have a thousand square foot house, you probably have about a thousand square foot in two dimensions um, roof. And so you'd qualify for about four thousand um, dollars of rebate money um, to put in a rain garden. Um, if you want to put in or can only put in a cistern, well, there may be a little bit less. 
depending upon the size of the cistern in relationship to the size of the roof that you're trying to divert water from. So there is a formula. The contractor that you select um, can help you figure that out. Uh, and um, that's probably the best way to go forward is usually to try to find um, your contractor who can help you figure out the, uh, the different calculations to see what your rebate's going to be. And I believe on that 12,000raingardens.org website, there's a list of contractors. Uh, that is at the um, 700milliongallons.org okay. <laughs> site. Yep. It uh, has a list of contractors. And these are approved contractors. What we do is we, we um, provide an orientation um, to contractors. Um, and the contractors have to be licensed. Uh, that means they have to be bonded um, with the state of Washington and insured. And they have to have a city of Seattle business license. Now, that's one of the things I always try to point out to people, though, is that, you know, you're picking your contractor. Um, so it's just like you're picking a contractor to do anything else in your house, uh, remodeling your kitchen, re uh, putting on a new roof. The fundamental relationship is between the contractor and the customer. Right. We're, we're rebating what it is that you guys put together if you do it based upon our principles. And we do send an inspector out to take a look to make sure that everything's okay, that everything conforms to how it is it has to be, and then we'll send you a check. And what are, just so that people can get their head around it, I mean, obviously you want it to function for the purpose of the pollution reduction, yeah. but there's, I mean, there are some safety concerns of why it's good to have a contractor sure. who knows what they're doing. What are some of those? Yeah. Well, first off, we want to make sure that the rain garden, if you're doing a rain garden, actually percolates into the soil. There are plenty of places in Seattle where the soil just doesn't percolate very well. And so the water just becomes a standing pool of water. And, that, and that's not good. Yeah. So the first thing we do is make sure that folks uh, do a percolation test. And it's a simplified test. Um, essentially, it's digging a hole, filling it up a few times. And making sure that the water goes through um, your soil in a, in a, uh, a, at least the one inch an hour, and um, then you qualify um, for for, um, for a rain garden, or at least about a quarter inch an hour. That also then informs essentially how big your rain garden has to be. So it's an important part of the whole equation. Mm -hmm. um, and the faster your soil goes through, uh, the water goes through your soil, the smaller your rain garden um, can be. Um, and then when it comes to um, cisterns, there's safety issues involved. These are, you know, if you have a, a 500 gallon cistern, that's, that's a couple of tons if they're full of water. And we wanna make sure that those are sitting on very solid foundations, uh, compacted gravel, um, some sort of a sod block matrix, also packed with gravel, something really firm. Um, they can do boxes, you can make it really attractive, but we do have some safety issues there. And for some of the styles of cisterns, we also want to make sure that they're not going to tip. So we require strapping um, to some sort of uh, structure in order to make sure that they don't tip over. That all seems very, very, very wise and very, very helpful. Um, <clears throat> I know that, uh, uh, do you have any classes that are upcoming in the, the real short term? Like if people get off this phone call or off this radio broadcast and they're like hey i want to check this out in the short term you know if there aren't any scheduled right now they're about to be 
Okay. So we just had a meeting about it um, this week. Um, so if they haven't actually been posted yet, they're about to be posted. But they should be happening within the next few weeks. Okay. We're, I think we're about to go to commercial. But what's that website again, Tom, if they want to go check that out? They can go to either 700milliongallons.org. Um, that's, that's a website that's about to change. So hopefully it'll change <laughs> smoothly. We're doing an update right now. Uh, or rainwise.seattle.gov, uh, which redirects you to 700milliongallons.org. And then you just click on the Rainwise tab, and that'll, that'll, that'll have all the information you need about how to get involved with Rainwise. Okay. Well, great. Well, I, um, I'm really appreciating uh, being, you being able to join us today. I think it's, it's really timely, and it's a, it's a topic that I'm, I'm really excited about. As a real estate agent, um, and we at Infinity Real Estate and Development, uh, we're based in Fremont. We work all over Puget Sound and we, we do regular real estate work, but we also consult people on gardens and landscapes. And um, it, it's, just, it's just really exciting. And we'll go into this a little bit more when we come back about the collective impact folks can have with these really simple solutions. Right. And um, there, there, there are people kind of tracking the, the pollution reduction um, throughout the region and it's 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 really cool it's really cool yeah. uh all righty um i think we are just about to go to commercials so uh we will be able to chat more about this uh when we come back this is the sustainability sessions i'm your host rebecca sayer my guest today is tom gannon from seattle public utilities rainwise program and uh we'll be back in just a minute Are you looking for a realtor? Rebecca Sayer from Infinity Real Estate and Development in Seattle is a real estate broker with a passion for helping people with an enjoyable and successful home buying experience. Infinity is focused on empowering positive futures for each of our clients as well as the community. With a deep local knowledge in green and sustainable properties and housing models, Rebecca is committed to connecting people with the right property. She can help you access a home that will increase your quality of life reduce electromagnetic and toxic product exposure, plus your carbon footprint. Rebecca serves on the Northwest Eco Building Guild's Education Committee, where she is helping develop a series of courses for people who have an interest in living more sustainably, be it in a home or an apartment, through classes that share the tricks, tools, and resources available. To connect with an agent that serves you and your community, reach out to Rebecca at Rebecca at InfinityRed.com today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. So are you interested in green building, energy efficiency, and sustainable practices? The Northwest Eco Building Guild is a 501c3 community of builders, designers, suppliers, and homeowners concerned with ecological building in the Pacific Northwest. 
The Guild empowers people through educational activities, classes, and events through the year. To learn more on how to go solar, conserve water, lower your energy bills, and create a healthy home environment, visit ecobuilding.org forward slash events today. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. Cherish this breath. Tomorrow's a new day for everyone. A brand new moon. Good morning. Uh, this is the Sustainability Sessions. I am your host, Rebecca Sayre, coming to you from the comfort of my kitchen table. I hope you all are doing well out there and staying healthy and safe. Um, hopefully, now that some restrictions have lifted, getting a little bit of exercise. Um, I know for me, the weather last week just like, since this is the, you know, it lifted my spirits. I thought it was just the best and it's it's a great time to garden and uh that is one of the many reasons that i'm thrilled that my guest today is tom gannon with seattle public utilities rainwise program we are talking today about um, some really cool tools and resources and garden structures that are available um in seattle specifically but in also by extension through in King County and throughout Puget Sound, uh, rain gardens, cisterns, rain barrels that uh, not only beautify your home and make your water use more efficient, but ultimately uh, reduce the pollution that runs from the hardened surfaces of our homes, uh, in this case mainly our roofs, uh, and helps clean Puget Sound. The number one polluter of Puget Sound is the hardened surfaces from our roads and our roofs and all the little things, incremental things that we do to live our, our modern lives. And basically, I like to think of these rain gardens and these uh, various tools as putting some green back into the gray. We're making, we're making the, the Puget Sound area function a bit more naturally. Uh, so Tom, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Excellent, excellent. As I mentioned before, Tom is, um, we're, we're chatting by Zoom and he's got this incredibly nice, uh, very <laughs> serene Mexican beach background that is really making my morning. Um, but we have been talking about all the uh, rebates, um, some incentives that are also available through uh, other programs um, available in our area to help folks put in uh, green infrastructure, rain gardens, cisterns, things like that. Um, Tom was mentioning a few key websites where people can find out uh, your eligibility and what these things are and get contractors and various resources. And those websites, those key websites, Tom, are seven... 700milliongallons.org. Okay. And then there's uh, 12,000raingardens.org. Great, thank you so yep. much. And um, and that 12,000raingardens.org actually also has resources that are more regional um, outside of Seattle as well for those yeah. listening interested in your area if, if Seattle is not your home turf. Um, so Tom, basically, um, again, you were telling me earlier how uh, this program came up because uh, 
trying to mitigate um, kind of overworked sewer systems within the city of Seattle and surrounding areas and bringing, like I said, bringing some green back into the gray, which is actually helping save ratepayers a great deal uh, while mm -hmm. reducing pollution, correct? Yeah. It also gives folks an opportunity to really become stewards of our urban environments and make a positive impact on their own property um, um, while improving their property and really giving back, in a sense, to the community by not being part of the combined sewer overflow problem anymore. Uh, once you're rain-wise, um, you're, you're no longer impacting um, Puget Sound negatively uh, on your own property, um, at least as far as the stormwater goes. So it does give folks an opportunity to contribute um, to improving the water quality of Puget Sound and Lake Washington. And that is so cool. And, and I have, I was saying earlier, I uh, put in a rain garden myself in October, um, really have been enjoying it. And it's, re I mean, it's so attractive. I mean, our neighbors have come by and it's just, it's a, we, we have a, a lawn in our yard. It's, um, I want to say, and, and we are, are covering a fairly large span of, of roof, but, but my, my rain garden is probably about by five feet by six feet. So it is not the entire yard. And it's, um, we put in mainly native plants and also some ornamental plants. But can you just kind of talk about what these features tend to look like. Yep. Sure. So we break rain gardens up into different zones. And so the bottom zone requires certain kinds of plants that can handle being wet all the time. Um, these are usually reeds, um, grasses, rushes, uh, things like that. Um, uh, though there are plenty of attractive flowering plants that can go into the, the bottom of the rain garden as well. Uh, the, we then have uh, different zones as you go up the slope of your rain garden. And that can, we can get really more creative. Um, uh, those plants tend to be, you know, a little more um, oriented for a lot of folks towards uh, Northwest natives or plants that really attract butterflies. Uh, until you get up to the ridge of your, um, the berm, we call it, of a rain garden. So it has a kind of a lip that surrounds it um, as a kind of safety feature. And that's where you can get into, you know, you pretty much put just about anything along the lip. You know, we're looking at something that's going to, uh, essentially hold that berm in place, um, but you can put in, you know, lots of really cool plants. Um, um, you know, I, I love ones that are focused more on, you know, hummingbirds and um, uh, butterflies uh, while being Northwest native myself. So, um, but you can uh, we, even do some edible foods for that kind of... That you can. Once you get up to the top, uh, that's probably fine. Uh, we don't normally promote that, uh, but one of the worst things that people do, and they don't realize they're doing it, is that they'll use some kind of a moss killer on their roof. Ooh. And then it rains, and that moss killer goes into your rain garden, and you just killed your rain garden. Oh, so, um, so that does happen. Uh, people think they're doing an okay thing. Um, but um, you, have, you have to be careful. And it does require a little, a little bit of forethought um, mm -hmm. when you're going to be cleaning your roof of moss or anything else. Um, just washing it off or scraping it off is probably your best bet. That is a good pro tip there, Tom. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. We, we don't put a wasp killer on our roof, uh, fortunately. Nope. Um and then also cisterns and rain barrels are kind of what, what do those look like? Yeah. 
Well, there's different models you can take a look at. Um, you can go to, uh, well, Bushman is one of the companies that makes the cisterns that we use a lot. And they come in different shapes and different sizes. Essentially, there's either a, a large barrel. The minimum cistern size that we'll rebate is 200 gallons, really 205 gallons. Um, that's available. And then we go as high as uh, 4,000 gallons or multiple, multiple 4,000 gallon uh, cisterns for really big roofs. Yeah. Um, usually churches or, um, or you know, um, oh, from, buildings owned by the faith community or apartment buildings, things like that. We can get really, really big. Um, and if folks want to see um, some really interesting larger installations, uh, there's St. Luke's and Ballard. Uh, there's Temple Beth Shalom uh, up in uh, Maple Leaf, I think it is. Um, so we have a few, you know, ones that are pretty obvious. So you can take a look at and just walk by. Um, but yeah, um, they're 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 really really cool. Yeah, and they come in different colors. They do. The systems come in different colors, different sizes. Um, what what it's designed to do, and people often get a little tripped up on this is that in order for us to be able to offer the rebate, the cistern has to have what we call a low flow valve attached at the bottom that releases the water back into the system slowly. So this program is not about water catchment for about eight months out of the year. Eight months out of the year, this is a program that's about slowing the water from getting into the system. And that's how we can um, offer the rebate. Now, you can, though, turn that valve off right around now, as a matter of fact, and start saving water for the summer. Mm -hmm. And then you can just use it all summer. And by and large, that's when people need it anyway. Right. And you'll be surprised. Your cistern will fill up pretty quick uh, here in Seattle in May and June with just a few rains. Um, they do fill up pretty quick. And, of course, you can get all sorts of different sizes. And there's a... Uh, so there's a, a slimline series that fit into different areas, um, they're, and they're, they're fairly attractive, but some people do like to screen them with either fencing or shrubbery or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're also designed to make sure that you don't get mosquito infestations. So um, essentially, they're screened, they're sealed, uh, the water goes through a screen before it gets into your system. So a well-maintained, properly built um, system isn't going to get any kind of mosquito problems. It's usually if you let the maintenance slide, you let the screen shift, um, and there's no screen that you may get some <clears throat> some bugs. Well, and I think that that's one of the cool things about the way your program is designed is that you have a list of, a pretty extensive list of uh, certified contractors, and people get to choose their own contractor, work with who they want to work with, but these are folks who know all these nuances and, and can that's set it right. properly. And I also wanted to clarify something, Tom. Um, you said you know you said earlier we were talking about how the plants that are placed in a rain garden, um, and how that it's important to have grasses and stuff at the bottom. Um, I just wanted to clarify, but correct me please if I'm wrong. Even though I know in my own rain garden this is the case, that water fills up and it and it, it percolates out pretty quickly. So those plants will be under water for a period of time when there's a big rain event. But it's not like you have standing water in your yard. Well, right. That's why we need to do that infiltration test. You want to make sure that your rain garden drains really fast. Yeah. Um, and it, it shouldn't have standing water. If it does, 
something might have went a little sideways. But that's very unusual, and I haven't experienced that in years. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. So you're not you're. It's not like it's not a pond. I mean, that's my right. It's not a pond. Is, my rain garden is dry much of the time, but when it rains, it it fills up. Yeah. Yeah. Should percolate out a few hours. Added benefit of this is that. It, it's kind of like a giant bird bath when that happens, at least in our, in my area. So added benefit of like all the, all the birds are coming and hanging out in the rain garden. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Very, they love it. Enjoyable. Um, and you also mentioned Tom, I think a really great thing about how the various programs that work on this issue throughout the region are, are solving problems. Um, you mentioned some of the, the public spaces and I know that there are some monies available to help people, um, who are lower income um, with some sort of, I know there's a, like kind of a revolving funds. Uh, I think 12,000raingardens.org has some of these resources. Yep, they do have a program that, help. That, uh, that to help folks who are low income to um, uh, defer some of the upfront costs that you may experience um, in trying to put in a rain garden. Right. Um, we also have some vendors who offer what we call the vendor payment option, where the customer doesn't have to put in any money up front. Um, and we send the check then to the contractor and not to the homeowner. But we leave that up to the vendor and to the homeowner to work out. Um, some vendors just don't have the capital flow to be able to offer. Um, some, some contractors don't have the kind of capital flow to be able to float that many projects at once. So while that is an option for some contractors, it's not an option for all contractors. Um, nonetheless, one of the nice things about, um, I think anybody that, that does um, business with the city realizes is that we pay our bills every time. So long as everything is uh, well done and you pass your inspection, and that's a big deal, you gotta pass that inspection, um, and everybody does eventually, um, you will get your check. Cool, that's great. Yep. And, um... We were also talking about that, you know, this is kind of, this is an opportunity for everybody to do their part. Not only is it beautifying one's yard, um, and I, I, I find in my experience with my own rain garden and, and what I've heard about with other rain gardens, these are actually pretty low maintenance features too. So once it's yeah. in and set up, you got a really cool garden feature that you don't have to do a lot with. So yeah. And one, one thing, one caveat to that, though, is that even though it's a rain garden, you got to water it for the first few years, at the very least, especially in the summer. So like any other garden, when you first put it in, before those plants get a chance to really establish themselves, you still have to water it. It's a little ironic, I suppose, that here you put in a rain garden and you have to water it. Um, but until those plants are really comfortable and um, are really established in that rain garden, which takes two or three years, um, you still do have to water them over the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but there's all just going back to like the the regional impact of all of this because some people might think, well, you know, it's really great. I can do this in my garden, but if you know, not every single one of my neighbors is doing this, does it really have an impact? And there's actually some efforts uh, afoot to to track. People can voluntarily list where your rain garden is, and I believe the mm -hmm. website is soundimpacts.org. Yep. And people are actually tracking the collective efforts of rain gardens and various green stormwater infrastructure yeah. projects. They're putting green back into the gray, as I like to say. And and do you have any insights into kind of what we're finding regionally about the impact? 
Yeah, well, we are seeing, so Grade 1 is, is part of a much, much larger effort to provide green stormwater infrastructure throughout the region. So we do have our part to play. And right now we manage about 50 million gallons of stormwater every year just through RainWise in King County and Seattle Public Utilities. Um, but there's so much more that we need to do that while RainWise is part of the solution, we're also putting in huge uh, infrastructure, uh, for instance, at the Ship Canal right now. Uh, there's a very, very large installation going that's going to take all the water from everywhere from Ballard to Capitol Hill and essentially store it in massive underground cisterns and then release that water back to um, the water treatment facility. And that will be essentially acting as a huge cistern for the area um, um, for, for decades to come. What RainWise provides is an immense amount of system resiliency for that system so we're still going to offer the rebates in those areas are going to be benefiting from these mega structures uh, because it still does have a lot of other benefits um, that make rainwise worthwhile and that includes making the system more resilient and also just making our urban environment um, act more like the natural environment okay. and that's a great trick to pull off and that's what, I mean, the thing that I, I find, you know, again, as a, as a real estate agent who, you know, consulting people with their gardens uh, a lot, um, people get really excited about the fact that not only do they have, you know, these nice features in their yards, but it actually, it's, it's, it's so simple. It's like trees and soil and plants do, yep. ama do amazing things. Um, and it, it's, 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 sort of an evolution I, I see it as an evolution of our understanding of how infrastructure works and it's like oh wait this natural stuff really makes a difference and makes makes our homes and our yards and our communities work better and mm -hmm. we're just we're Seattle is applying what they're learning and 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 shifting the infrastructure to make it work better which is just great yeah and we're, we're we've learned a lot over the past 20 years that's for sure um, if anybody wants to see some of the public infrastructure that's going in, they can see the swale on Yale. That's over kind of by REI. Um, that's on public property. That's a massive swale that essentially takes runoff from Capitol Hill. It does the same thing that a rain garden does. Yeah, and what's um, a, so what's a swale real quick, Tom? Just a, a swale is essentially like a ditch, but an engineered ditch. And it's a ditch that's designed to take water from a large area um, and let it percolate into the ground wall, into the ground system. Um, it's designed to overflow. It needs to overflow somewhere safe. Um, and it's full of all sorts of easy to maintain plants because in this case, it's public infrastructure. So it was designed with ease of maintenance um, over really aesthetic considerations. Um, so it still was done pretty attractively, but it's not like you're gonna see a lot of Columbine and um, really neat um, flowering bushes of these particular um, rain gardens because that is harder to maintain. But, but I would say, and I've, I've gone by there, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. It creates green space in our urban spaces and it's, oh, yeah. it's grasses yeah. and reeds and, and all that, but it's, I think it, it definitely beautifies the area and, and people are better off if they have greenery in, in their urban spaces while they're walking down the sidewalk. You bet. Uh, there's I think also you're right. that yep. great project that was done on uh, under the Aurora Bridge. Uh, my office yep. is 
Fremont. So we check that out a lot. And that's really interesting. They have some great signage there about how they're literally cleaning the, some of the, I think some of the worst pollution in the country, if I think mm -hmm. I'm correct, off of the Aurora Bridge by using soil. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, okay. Um, Tom is uh, hopping out for just a second, but I'm going to uh, kind of set him up for uh, our next quick topic as uh, one thing people who are interested in the RainWise program uh, should understand that this is a five-year commitment for the homeowner, uh, but that commitment is not transferable. So if you sell your home, uh, that is not transferable to the next owner. And Tom, now you're back. I was just talking yeah. about five-year commitment deal. Could you? That's right. Yeah, it's a five-year commitment for you to maintain it if you're the one that gets the rebate. If, however, you sell your house, that, that commitment doesn't transfer to the buyer. We will contact the buyer and we will say, hey, you got this great thing uh, here on your property. We would like to work with you um, for you to keep it and um, to show you how it works. And hopefully we can count on you to go ahead and keep doing it um, uh, in the future. Um, easy. Yeah, because it's easy. Yeah. Um, but they're under no legal obligation to, right. to actually do it. Um, and you know, it hasn't really ever been an issue. Um, house turnover rate in Seattle isn't that rapid, I suppose. Um, so I do get a report every once in a while. And nine times out of ten, the folks are like, oh, I love it. That's one of the, one of the reasons why we bought the house. Right. Well, I mean, I'm a real estate agent, <laughs> and I can attest that that they're that they're attractive, and um, that I mean, some of the clients that we work with at Infinity you know, may have some awareness of this kind of stuff, but it, it's it's never not been an asset. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, and people really, really do dig it. But you're right; it's a five-year commitment, and that's where our payback is. We hope that you go longer, and that's great. Um, but the payback to our ratepayers takes about five years, and uh, after that, it's all cream for us. So it really works out well. Yeah. But after those five, after those five years, you will have a well-established garden feature. Yep. That, yep. that does its thing. So it's yeah. not like it it will stop being an effective rain garden after those five years. That's right. And you know the kind of maintenance that um, to make your rain garden really last. I mean, the basic thing is you know watering, of course. Uh, weeding your rain garden that's a that's a big deal and also adding mulch and compost especially to the bottom mm -hmm. uh, of the rain garden and along the top is going to go a long way towards keeping those plants healthy uh, they really like a lot of organic matter most of the plants that we're going to be putting in there so uh, it's it's um, difficult to add too much compost um, or, or mulch it, it really does help the rain garden quite a bit and i can say for our rain garden and, and we mulch the heck out of it but uh, that mulching really really uh reduces the weeding concern yeah sure. yeah yep sure does yeah all right well we're getting we're getting uh near the end of this broadcast tom i want to um say again thank you so much for joining us this is i think a really timely uh opportunity to chat about what we can do in our gardens at this time when we're so many are at home and so many are thinking about gardens yeah. uh um, for those of you who maybe just popped in, is with Seattle Public Utilities. We're talking about the RainWise program and the rebates and incentives that are offered through his program. What is that website again, Tom? That's 700milliongallons.org or seattle.gov. Uh, 
um, uh, uh, or rainwise.seattle.gov. And if you're interested in other programs, we have lots of great stuff at Seattle Public Utilities. You can always just go to seattle.gov, look up Seattle Public Utilities, and you'll find a list of all sorts of great things that you may be qualifying for uh, that really do go a long way towards helping us manage our urban environment in a way that's environmentally sound. So uh, it's a lot of good information there. That's great. And uh, in addition, if you are interested in uh, what we've been talking about here with getting a rain garden or a cistern or a rain barrel, um, but are either not in one of the combined sewer overflow areas in Seattle, which is where Tom's program focuses, you can also get resources from King County. They have the yep. uh, Green Stormwater Infrastructure Grant. Uh, there's also uh, monies for low-income folks and also for public institutions, and, and those can be found uh, through an organization called Stewardship Partners, and they have a program that's called 12,000raingardens.org, so it's the number 12,000raingardens.org mm -hmm. is the website, and that actually focuses on the 12 Puget Sound uh, counties, so there are resources available in various communities uh, at, at varying levels that can be accessed through that website. And in addition, there is uh, soundimpacts.org. Throw some websites out yet. But if you are interested in checking out the collective impact of this really cool uh, multi-collaborative project where you know individual homeowners and property owners are working together getting great benefits on their property, but collectively bit by bit, we're bringing more green into the gray of our community and reducing our stormwater impact on Puget Sound. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff out there. Um, Puget Sound's an amazing, phenomenal resource for the entire region. And we're, we're doing a lot of work to try to get it back to being healthy again. So, um, and, and Rainwise is a small bit of that. Yeah, and, and, and each of us, um, if we have, have the property or know of a public place that might be interested, uh, can, can participate. And so. Yeah, we especially encourage folks who are part of the faith community to see if their churches might qualify, their synagogues, their temples, um, uh, their, their mosques. Um, it's all available. We have um, co contractors that specialize in really big groups. And for really big groups, we have an extra level of review by our engineers to make sure that it's going to work. Uh, so uh, we do have um, other resources available for folks that are um, uh, managing large institutional size roofs, apartment buildings, big, big, big buildings. Uh, we'll be glad to get you there. So it's really working. It's, you're trying to make it available uh, for everyone. And I think that's that's fabulous. Yeah. Um, again, well, whether thanks. it's through this or there's some resources if you're low income. Um, I'm just looking at the clock here and we are getting towards the end of the hour. Um, Tom, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. This has been the Sustainability Sessions. I am your host, Rebecca Sayre. When I'm not doing the show, I'm a real estate agent with Infinity Real Estate and Development in Fremont. Um, we do full service real estate services, but we also have a real interest in, in gardens and green infrastructure and all that. And um, I hope, uh, this uh, has been informative. Um, please let me know if you have any questions and uh, hope this sets you all off on uh, having a great Friday. It's, uh, it's poised to be a beautiful weekend. Might be a good time to go garden.
And uh, just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Tom, for joining. And uh, everybody go out there and have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you.